From the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. I'm MJ. This is Mark. Sometimes I'm Michelle. Sometimes I'm MJ. Sometimes you're Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. I know, I know, I know. So uh, the key word today is Joshua Tree. Yes. I'm getting ready to travel to the desert. Oh, wait a second. But you'll be back by the time the show That will have been fantastic. Yeah, and her true. eyes will have healed up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my sunburn. Hopefully my sunburn actually heals before I go. That would be really nice. Well, forget all um, that personal stuff. Let's talk about your next build. Um, by the time the show comes out, yes. I will be pulling my hair out. And regardless of what the timing of when the show comes out, holy, I'm still freaking out. Like, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Um, really associated with the all the intricate details of the design and pulling it all together in such a short period of time. This so, is the Street of Dreams design? Correct, nice. yeah. Yeah, so I came up with an initial design. I'm a little uncomfortable with how simple it is. Part of me says, screw you, I'm simple. This is my design, that's who I am. But part of me, of course, doesn't want to walk away from the opportunity to really you know, be a little bit more creative. Like I have, yeah. I have money and I have like the bandwidth um, or the permission. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I've never had an opportunity like this where someone said, come show us your best work. I'm like, okay, there it is. And then even now I'm thinking, ah, no, I really should. So I'm still working. Um, I um, am working and will be working frantically for the next four Months. The time frame is mm. kind of freaking me out too. Mm-hmm. So right. for those for those in the audience who have not listened to the show before the last one, uh, Michelle has been invited to build a tiny house to showcase at the uh, probably Oregon's Northwest, the Oregon's premier luxury yeah. Oh, yeah. house, full size house around for build. 20, 30 years. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, these homes typically are like two, three million dollar homes or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Michelle's and uh, one tiny house. <laughs> and one tiny house. <laughs> have you named it yet, Michelle? I have not. Okay. I have not yet named it. Maybe you should name it Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Ooh. Ooh. I got to get a domain, though. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Can someone, you want to look well, well, that? Note house. to self. We're going to look yeah. that up. I'm just going to go get it. We're going to yeah. look that up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, actually, the, the quandary, too, is they want my logo and my business name. For this specific build, correct. Or? So oh, I'm like having a bit of an identity crisis mm. because the most the success I've gotten so far has been my tiny empty nest. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had never envisioned that that ever would even attempt to encompass everything I do. Right, mm-hmm. I blog, I write, I'm podcast hostess, I speak, I MC, I build for myself. I have a village, and now I have client build. So. I never thought that that, but on the on the flip side, I don't want to introduce like a brand new thing because then people will have a difficulty right. connecting. They the two. will. They would. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to design a logo that does all of that, and that's really kind of mind-numbingly complex when you sit down and think about it. So mm-hmm. it's enough to um, to draw a tear, actually. Oh, I see yeah, what I've you spent did. More than a few moments. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of tears. Speaking of tears. Yes. <laughs> we have a studio guest today. Uh, two, I should say studio guests. 
studio guests. Um, we have uh, Jan- Janice and Brian, who you guys own, right? Own, oh, yeah. It's owned. I, the reason why I asked that question is because you look so freaking young to be owning this company. Um, Janice and Brian own the uh, AeroTeardrops.com, a teardrop trailer manufacturer. And I have to say that when I went to your website this morning, I was quite surprised that your teardrops are probably some of the best teardrops in terms of their aesthetic appeal that I've ever seen. Thank you. So yeah, welcome thanks. to the show. Yeah, we're going to talk all about these teardrops trailers and uh, how you got into that business and how you're doing and all of that. So uh, like As I said, a point of reference, I have one yeah, question before I sure. let you get started. Did you have one on display <clears throat> at the in Sherwood last year? Yeah, we're actually at the Sherwood Cruisin'. Yes. Yeah, we're actually a trophy sponsor for the Sherwood Cruisin', and this will be our third year. That's what uh, I doing thought. That. That's so, what I thought. So um, I have a, I have a touchy feely, well, not touchy feely story, but I have a real live sort of reference to your models. I thought that was you, but I want to make sure before we got into the show. Okay, Perry, take it away. <laughs> so how, <laughs> so how did you get? So apparently, off the air, listeners, um, Janice was jokingly saying that the gift that she gave to Brian was that. Uh, she let him quit his job and start this company. So why don't we start there? Uh, how did how did you get into this company? What, what's the story behind that statement? Well, so um, basically, Janice and I love camping, and um, we're we've always tent camped, and um, you know we have dogs and kids, and we had the portable kitchen and the pickup truck and the big two room tent. And, you know, we were like the exploding city when we came to camp. So (laughs) it was, it was great fun. You know, we'd start packing on a Wednesday night, you know, dig all the crap out from underneath the steps and, Oh, blow the dust off. And Oh crap. I forgot to wipe this pan out last time. So who knows how old this is. And, and, um, so we'd go off on our camping trip and have a great time and unpack everything for like over Friday and Saturday. You know, it's like a two-day process to unpack all your gear. And then Saturday, Sunday morning would come and, oh shit, now we have to pack by one o'clock and get out of here. <laughs> so we, how did we end up with more stuff than when we came with is what it always felt like. And then my poor dog was always scrunched in the back, you know, because we're just tossing it into the back. So we wanted something to cut the stress out of our camping experience. So we were really looking for something simple to build for ourselves. And it was just going to be a box on a utility trailer, pretty much, with some. Like Eris. Just throw the crap <laughs> yeah. in there. No doubt, like Eris. Yeah. Yeah, put it on the side <laughs> of the house. Probably not as pretty. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Harbor Freight trailer, a couple hundred bucks. Boom, there we go. No more closet underneath the steps. Right. We're good to go. We can stick it on the side of the house, not think about it until we want to go. So we were at Fort Stevens, and I saw this exact thing. A guy pulls in to a spot next to us and has this little box on a trailer. And basically, he had all these compartments. He had a rack on top where he had his kids' bikes and, like, floaty toys and all this stuff for the beach. (laughs) And I was like, this is amazing. He's here, and he's like, go play, kids. And he just kind of tinkered with his thing, and his uh, side compartment had the tent in it, and he did all that. And then at night... He had all these lights in it, like all these <laughs> LED lights. And then he opened the back up and he made, there was a kitchen in there. I was like, this is amazing. This is what I want. I'm like pointing at it the whole weekend and it was next to the bathroom. So every time I went to the bathroom, I would like walk really <laughs> slow by <laughs> and look in. I was a little bit shy. I didn't want to talk to the guy or anything. Or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, this you. thing's amazing. So um, I, I believe it was on our drive home from that trip. Uh, Janice was on the internet, you know, on her phone looking for stuff to build, ideas. And we stumbled across uh, Instructables 
um, build on mm-hmm. how to build your own teardrop. Right. And we're well, like, well, this is cool. This is like prettier and awesome and retro, and we could definitely and do this. Yeah, and we've we've always had a wood shop in our house, and we've always built our own furniture. We remodeled our own house. I wow. used to flip houses. I, you know, so I'm I guess handy, you would say, but um, uh, yeah, so. She started reading this instructables thing and was like making a already on like a Google Doc, like making all the like here's where we're getting the doors, here's where we're getting the aluminum, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And it went from just a simple trailer on the they had like a north uh, there was like a northern tool frame or something like that. There's a website that sold like a pretty decent frame to. Uh, well, I'd have to say kind of cheating at work a little bit and uh, going on CAD when I was at work and like, <laughs> drawing the frame. So it went from like a store-bought frame to a, to a fully custom frame with like underfloor storage and a torsion bar axle. And oh man, it was like months and months of design and planning before we even, I think, started building and started our trailer in the garage uh, September of 2015. And took us about what six months or so to build that trailer, the first trailer. Mm-hmm. Annabelle, we name all of our trailers. I, yeah. I caught that you named your yeah, house, I name so all, of, too, yeah. all of our trailers have a name, and and we our customers now name them. We 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 got to name I think four or five, and now it's and then then they caught on that they could actually uh, they could actually name their trailers, and they're like whoa whoa whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna you name think, my, my yeah, trailer. Yeah, you think you're gonna name our <laughs> yeah. trailer? cute because they get they get really they get really attached um but yeah it was actually only a couple months or so after we were at fort stevens that we uh uh, created the llc and it was uh so brian's birthday's in august and uh so we were on a camping trip at detroit lake and so i've created i've created a company once before so i'm an expert as you as you know and, uh, <laughs> she can do all my material supply right. stuff and my llc and stuff. Logo. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And my logo. Yeah. so i actually created the llc on my phone at mm-hmm. detroit lake um and bought the domain and we uh we figured all that out um yeah but we really didn't start the company until later and our our idea or we started the company but didn't actually uh start building for others until um, six, eight months later yeah. because um, we're like, you know, this is so fun and it's so much more interesting than what at least Brian had been doing before um, where he was inside sales for a uh, uh, dis- distributor. Um, this is something that he could really take charge and lead and um, do some amazing things that affect other people's lives. So rather than just making our own camping experience better, we realized we could make other people's lives better mm-hmm. and their camping experiences better as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and how long ago was that? that? <laughs> what? How long ago was that? So we started the business August 8th, uh, 2015. Okay. So we're about two and a half years old. Um, and Brian actually quit his job Two years ago, March thirteenth, uh, yesterday. Well, <laughs> but what, now that we're in June, last Yes, yes. So March fifteenth, twenty fifteen. Nice. And are you, uh, Janice, not working anymore and working for the company, or what? What's so happening? yeah, so um, we're co-owners, so we're fifty fifty. Um, but I actually run a nonprofit I started six years ago. Oh. Uh, called Chick Tech. And so we're actually just up the street in the Piddock Block building, so two oh, blocks away from yeah. here. And um, 
Uh, so I do that full time. And uh, then we work on the strategy together and make all the big decisions together. I get to sign all the uh, the concerning paperwork with Brian <laughs> <laughs> for like business loans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's really, I love it because um, when you run an, an educational nonprofit, um, it feels, you know, when it's service oriented, it feels kind of nebulous sometimes yeah. it's very intangible yeah. and so um it's hard to it's you can't touch and feel it and so this is really rewarding for me because i can actually you know it's not like oh look at this survey data i must have changed some lives it's look at this thing like you can touch it you can climb into it right. it is physically right here yeah. and yeah. so that's that's really that's really and rewarding and we're watching them you know they're they're a lot of owners are creating their own like Facebook pages for just their trailer, Instagram handles, you name it, you know, like, um, and it's really fun to see all of their pictures from their camping trips. And, and we started a a group on our Facebook page now for our owners, um, where they can, you know, share resources and what's working, what's not working, um, you know, post pictures of their trips and how they've decorated their trailers and things like that. So that's fun to see. Very cool. So how many, how many uh, trailers have you sold? So I believe we're getting close to 50. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. And, and what's the average retail price of one of your trailers? We see prices between, um, 14,000 and, uh, 17,000 is usually about the average. And, uh, we've had a couple go really close to 20,000 now, actually, um, Sometimes they get carried away with the yes. options. They just yes. get so excited about them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oprah, I'm on one of those. And we're exactly. going to make one of those. Yeah. 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 Well, and the, and we and all get one of those. Right, yeah. yeah. And there's so much time sometimes between when they order and, and you know, give us their deposit and everything, and then we build the we actually build the trailer that they're thinking about all these yeah. things. Yeah. And they're like, is it too late to add this? Yeah. Is it too late to add this? You know, and if it's stuff that I can uh, add easily, then I'm always, you know, I'll, right. I'll do it. So, yeah. are, are you the only builder or do you have a team? Uh, so we have uh, we we have two full time employees, mm-hmm. and depending on demand, will increase and decrease from there. So mm-hmm. um, usually uh, our sweet spot's about three people in the right. shop. So and, and where's your shop? It's out in Tigard. Okay, and yeah. and uh, I, I one of the striking differences between your trailers and the other guys whose names I won't use is that you you're able to throw a tent on top of your teardrop and i presume you can sleep up there while someone's sleeping inside the teardrop is that correct yeah it's a it's a great option for families mm-hmm. um uh and you know if you had extra friends coming along it's a nice place for them to sleep too but uh, yeah it really makes them usable for families and that's what we like about that so how, how yeah. did you come? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. One of the one of the interesting things that we've seen, you know, when we were doing research, you know, you're supposed to create a business plan and mm-hmm. such. So we worked on that, and we were like, well, who's our target market? And when you're researching for teardrops, it's um, most of the market is um, uh, empty nesters or um, just in general retired people. You know, they it's just them or it's them and one other person mm-hmm. and they have enough money and enough time to be able to go elsewhere um, but what we've seen is 50% over 50% of ours are families because we have a family so I have a almost 18 year old son and a 10 uh, year old daughter and so we um, uh, 
uh, we really wanted to make it so that we could do it with our family. And I think that that really uh, made it so that as we're building it, it's great for other families. Interesting. And and the I also noticed an excess. It might be an accessory. I might get this wrong, but there's something you can put on a car and put the tent on that also. Yeah, they're they're um, what's called a rooftop tent. So they originally are four vehicles. They'll go on a on a rooftop. Uh, it come. It's from the. Um, I believe they originated maybe in Australia or Africa where they yeah, do a lot of yep, uh, yep. safaris and mm-hmm. want to stay away from lions. Ah. Around here they say bears, but over there yeah, it's yeah. lions. You know? <laughs> so, oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And, and so, um, sure, go ahead. Well, I want to say that when I, when I, again, I wanted to make sure that the unit that I saw was actually, you know, one of yours just but the one thing that I was most impressed about was it had a very, um, not just a custom feel, but a really warm feel. Like mm-hmm. So some of the other teardrop companies, which would totally make sense, right? They're in the RV, quote-unquote, industry. Right. They're manufacturing in a factory. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're producing 5, 10, 15,000 of the same model. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you can either have plus or minus air conditioning, but there's not a lot of customization. And, of course, that makes a lot of sense for mass manufacturing. So the thing I liked about yours and the thing that I've, that I've seen and noticed about yours is you seem to be able to, correct me if I'm wrong, sort of marry the customized, the warm personality, the warm feel of, you know, more of a handmade product with that the quality and this, you know, the, the, the quality of build and the quality of frame materials of a manufactured build. Is that a proper sort of assessment of your niche or your company or your product? Yeah, and everything that we've designed in our teardrops is specifically for our teardrops and what you see i think with a lot of the big mass produced units is they're made by large rv companies so there's a lot of that crossover they'll like grab a cabinet door from something that works or they'll grab some finishes or light fixtures where we've like sought out products just for our teardrop so the design works really well i believe because of that right and we and we really wanted something that we enjoyed, and so we really like kind of the the modern yet retro look, mm-hmm. um, and being light and airy. And one of the things that we've also seen with uh, with teardrops is a lot of times they're um, they look like a '90s kitchen, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. Heavy wood. It's kind of right. dark, right. and um, we really like those lighter spaces that feel bigger than they actually mm-hmm. are, which is really important. As right. you both or you all know. Right, exactly. Um, it's so important when you have such a small space that it feels bigger than mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really we really wanted to give that to our customers as well. Well, one of the distinguishing marks of the of yours is that front uh, window that you don't see on the other trailers. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that, and I'm sure that brings in a lot of light. I, I did have a question, the same question I asked the last teardrop manufacturer that was here. How insulated are these things? Like in a really cold or hot environment, how well does the environment stay in there? It's not too bad. Um, we actually just got back from a camping trip up in the coast range, and it was how cold did it get that one night? Twenty something or? Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it was it was below freezing for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we had just a little three hundred watt electric heater that plugged into our outlet. Fortunately, we had electricity at the campground we were at, but we were, you know, get to the point where we were too hot. Mm-hmm. So they do really well because of the small space with body heat. And and we do insulate the roof. Um, on a lot of uh, teardrops, we found that that's kind of an optional 
Oh, interesting. Item, but we insulate every roof that we build, and the doors are insulated. Um, the rest of it is made with uh, solid. Uh, we use a 19 millimeter. It's a Baltic birch, which is a pretty pretty common material for building teardrops. But uh, other than that, it it stays pretty toasty at night. Um, and this is the first time that we've had to use a heater too. So all the other times that we've and, and we probably would have been okay without yeah, it. But it, it was it, a novelty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, because it's so small with two people, your it your body heat. Really, yeah, it yeah. heats up really fast. I mean, we we normally have to open up both windows on ours, um, and not yeah. We're we're more concerned with moisture actually than moisture. than the heat mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It did get a little bit um, humid. Uh, yeah. Sticky. <laughs> Sticky or There's stinky. a little bit of moisture <laughs> in there. We'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's a small space and we're little furnaces ourselves uh-huh. and, and create our own, you know, and then you've got the temperature differential between inside and outside. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the options that the person can order on their trailer? Well, I think hands down our, our most popular option is our um, table, our inside table. Our bed, uh, you know, our our mattress folds into a couch, and then mm-hmm. we have a table option for inside. I think that's our number one option. Yeah, that was something when we were first building it. There were two things that I required. Uh, one of them was uh, this table, and the other one was the bunk for my daughter. But the table, I just one of the things I hated about our tent was that when you were in there, mm-hmm. the only thing you could do was sit on the bed, mm-hmm. and that just doesn't feel comfortable, and uh, so I was like, okay, no matter what we do, it's got to somehow become a couch, and we've got to be able to like actually kind of almost live in there, and so we actually found these mattresses on Amazon, and um, so we just we keep buying them on Amazon, yeah. which works out okay, right. and uh, we sometimes get them on Prime. It's super <laughs> handy, uh, but yeah, there's so there we have this underfloor storage, and there's a little table uh, or a um, the lid to that basically pops up on a pedestal, and then you can sit there. And my daughter loves being in there, so when, as soon as we set things up, yeah. she's like. Okay, so now we'll be sitting in the teardrop for hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we read our books on our mm-hmm. iPads together, or we have a snack, mm-hmm. or um, she always brings lots of snacks. She's very <laughs> into planning, um, and uh, or play a game, you know, Uno or whatever. Um, and that's been that's been really, it's been it's really changed our the feel of our camping experience, especially since we're in Oregon when it's yeah. going to be rainy, or there's mm-hmm. going to be bugs, mm-hmm. or it's going to be cold in, mm-hmm. at night. So. Nice. So one of the major advantages um, of the teardrop, of course, is the weight. I think that for the families, I'm going to put I'm going to put some words into their mouths. I think for the families that are that are choosing the teardrops over the RVs, right? They obviously have some money to spend, but probably they don't want to really deal with hauling a big, heavy, sometimes almost scary, you know, RV. Um, you know, if you look at an RV that's large enough for a family of four, it's you know, 15 to 20 feet long. You need a you know pickup truck or whatever. So, so talk a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about sort of um, how much they weigh, um, and what do your customers say about the again the change of the experience or how easy or difficult they are to tow? Yeah, so that that's one thing I've discovered with um, with building and selling the, the teardrops is that in most cases that this is their first towing experience too. Oh wow! Okay, so, they didn't even they didn't yeah, even try the other right, right, right. And so the I think the travel trailers just intimidate them 
even more, not right. having towed before. And then once they get out on the road, they realize that they track really well down the freeway. They're really easy to back into a spot. Um, we offer a wheeled option on our tongue. So if, even if you're not very good at backing a trailer in, you can just drop it and roll it right into yep. the camp spot. That's right. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, um, so just, a lo- push it into sp- just push it into, into place. Yeah. And and so a fully loaded, our 5x10, which is our biggest model, a fully loaded, we've, we're seeing weights about 17 to 1800 pounds. So in most cases, mid-sized cars will pull it i mean we pull ours with a little kia soul um it's never going to win any races yeah. which we, we can't officially recommend because it does not have a yes. rated towing capacity right. yes. in, the, in the u.s that's right. our disclaimer yeah. 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 Exactly. well most um most um shall we say uh Passenger vehicles um, will have a weight rating, a tow rating of 1,500 pounds. Mm-hmm. I actually added a um, hitch onto my convertible. Um, and the only reason why I even get away with that is the fact that it actually has a V8. So what the convertible lacks in structural integrity, <laughs> um, it actually makes up for in power oh, and aerodynamics. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And so <clears throat> how wide is, is this unit? Can you, like, if you were... If it's during the day and you've got the table up and you want to read from your nook or whatever it is, um, can you... Cranny. S- your, yeah, so your cranny. <laughs> nook or cranny. Could you, could you sit crossways with your legs stretched out in it? Yeah, it's um, so the the body exterior dimension is uh, sixty inches wide and interior is about uh, fifty eight and a half, maybe a little bit less. So you're it's really close to a queen size bed right. inside. Okay. And the couch is uh, I think was fifty five inches or so. Wide, but yeah, it's pl- there's plenty of room to sit across it or yeah. or next to each other on yeah. the on the couch. So, yeah. so that and would we, be the same size as the bedroom in the perch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And when we um, when you put up the table, you that underfloor storage becomes a spot to put your rest. feet too. Oh, and nice. so there's so there's actually you get extra space, mm-hmm. so it feels pretty natural when you're sitting on it too, mm-hmm. uh, on the couch. All right. Do the other guys have that sort of an option where you can have a table with a little well for your feet to stick down in? Um, the only other company I, I've seen one <laughs> other company uh, in Colorado that does that, but it's not. It's it's a little bit different than our design. They raise the couch off the floor. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, he actually called me once and was like, "Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to be like I'm copying your design or anything." But I'm going to copy your design. <laughs> well, no, he, he he actually had never heard of us or seen us. But he's like, "Oh man, I realize I have a table and you have a table. I hope you're not thinking I'm copying you." And I'm like, "Well, it is the greatest uh, form of flattery, I guess." But, you know, so I was like, exactly. "No problem," you know. And then I went and looked at his at his pictures and stuff. And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, they have a table, but it's not the same. Right. It's different. Right. We all have our own twist on how things should work." and so yeah so uh did you think so you were running a nonprofit before you started this company so you're kind of in that space um and you what were you doing before so i was i worked for an industrial electric uh Whole, they were a distributor inside sales inside I yeah. did inside sales and I was uh, some other positions but yeah I was approaching 22 years in that field and oh, wow. so this was a big leap for me <laughs> well, I would, that's what I was going to ask was how did you in your wildest mind think that you'd be owning a company that was builds teardrop trailers or had you thought of being an entrepreneur I had in the past um, my kids used to race motocross oh yeah so I kind of went into a little business of doing uh, you know I was uh, buying motocross bikes and 
you know, rebuilding them and taking, you know, I was parting some of them out and I had an eBay store. I'm like, oh, I could, I'm actually doing pretty well with this. I could someday maybe open a motorcycle shop. But then that kind of fizzled out and then, you know, back to, back to reality. So, um, but yeah, I, I, it always been kind of in the back of my mind that I wanted to do something for myself Mm -hmm. and not work for a corporation where, you know, there's, bureaucracy and, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's surprising because he did see I mean when you're as I'm sure you you all are familiar with you know when you start something the first few years are really hard mm-hmm. and so he had seen how difficult it was when I started Chick Tech six mm-hmm. years ago and mm-hmm. so I think he just wasn't must not have been paying enough attention because mm-hmm. now he's like man this is really hard I'm like yeah no <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah it's, it's always the start a business they said it would be fun they said you know <laughs> Here, hold my beer. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. <laughs> How do you know it takes a lot of drinking to get through this? <laughs> exactly. Right. Especially hey, in Portland. When we have them back, we're going to have to have beer. I always tell the guys we need to incorporate alcohol in this show, but they don't want to drink this early. I'm the only one so far that thought isn't, that was a good idea. Yeah, like, isn't it the drunk history the drunk or history. something? Yeah, I was just thinking yeah. that. Yeah, I, drunk tiny. Hilarious. Drunk tiny, oh yeah. boy. <laughs> we're going to have to do one of those episodes, maybe three or four of our favorite local guests yeah. and record at a pub sometimes. So. Sponsored by Uber. They'll drive us exactly. home. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. So tell us, so we're talking about how hard it is in the first three years. Tell us one of this, a story about one of the hardest things you had to confront and overcome as you started this trailer company. Well, I, I mean, the hardest thing is just, you know, the unknown. Like, uh, people like our, you know, people are saying, oh, we would love, if you build us one, we will buy one. And if I had, you know, a nickel for all of those times, I'd be the richest person in, in <laughs> yeah. the Portland metro area. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's that loss of having that steady paycheck and relying on yourself and how good your product is and, and your business to support yourself. So yeah. And especially because when you're first starting it, it's, it's cyclical, right? But you don't know what those cycles are yeah. until you deal with them a little bit. So you're like, man, things are going so well. And then it turns out it's just one of those up. And then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so like we had two months in November and December after having a pretty good year of, I think we we built 30, 30 teardrops-ish yeah. in wow. uh, this last year, which was really the first year we had really gone the whole year building them. And then November and December, so we ramped up zero sales Mm -hmm. and of course we have you know we have the business line of credit which helps out when you're when you're first starting but uh, that was a that was pretty Mm nerve-wracking and but now you know we sold like five in a month right so yeah it's it's so hard to tell when you're when you're getting started well there's so much upfront you know there's so much upfront costs i mean just in addition to websites and llcs and all the like the the back end stuff it's all the materials and all the tools and you know you almost feel like well we might as well do it now because we have the shop we have the tools we have the people so it's yeah. also the upfront costs and sort of you know understanding how long it's going to take to recuperate those costs and and that kind of situation yeah in in june we moved to a shop that was twice the size of our first one actually it was even bigger than that it was more than twice the size and um you have a shop too yeah 
I'm so jealous. 3,400 square feet. Ooh, this wow. was this was me being jealous because man, yeah. I, I need me. I need a shop. So yeah, and then of course the bank's like, well, if you're applying for a line of credit and you need all this equipment, why don't you apply for uh, that too? So right. they're like, so I'm like, well, then fine. <laughs> as so, long as we're here. Yeah, yeah. So we went from you know the table saw that came from the house to buying a nice saw stop saw right. and then buying right. a real commercial band saw and dust collection and all. I mean, our we we completely outfitted the shop, you know, twice the size. So that is like, whoa, you know, yeah, that was a little deal. bit more than I thought, you know, right. but, but now the, the way that we're set up is we're just set up for growth. Yeah. That's, right. and it, it's wonderful to, you know, we can handle the workloads that come in and have the equipment to do it properly. So that's been a real nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. So business growth critical. I'm assuming that your best marketing is word of mouth. That's an assumption, right? Right. Or I'm just guessing. Well, word of mouth and Craigslist and, you know, yeah. going to the Sherwood Cruise Inn right. and other little yeah. events, uh, Tigered F- Street Fair. Uh, we did, uh, we've gone to a few RV shows now. And now we're getting, we're actually, I get calls weekly now for invites to events. It's almost overwhelming. Nice. So that that's become really great for us to go to a lot of events. Is that um, number two, though? Is that what you can kind of put your foot in the gas to really increase sales then the events more events equals more interest equals more deals it does seem that way we, we do have a marketer now so um, that's helping with our uh, um, social media and and awareness that way but but yeah I, I'm starting to hear a lot more people you know if they call or come to the shop they're like oh we saw you at the auto show or we saw you uh, at the RV show last fall and we've really been thinking about your trailers and now we're ready yeah. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. And it's and uh, what we found is anytime we can have conversations with people, that's what that's what really helps. Yeah. Is you know once we can engage them and we can actually talk about it and we they can see how passionate right. we are and that they actually get to physically touch and feel the trailer and see that it's uh, higher quality than many of the others that they've seen. That's you know that personal touch and that. Um, that pride in our work, mm-hmm. I think, is what really, yeah. really helps. So, what's that transition look like between, like you said, if you had a nickel for every time? <laughs> in the old days, you were probably like, "Oh, that's cool," and now it's like, "Great, here's an agreement." Or how how do you kind of naturally walk them through the? Well, we'd love to talk to you more about that. Or how does that? What's that look like? The form on the yeah. So the one thing that's worked really well for us, uh, as far as that goes, is um, in, in the past, actually, right around Christmas time, we. Uh, developed a like a build your trailer form on our website so you can go through and pick your uh, models and you can see pictures of all the options and as you it won't let you go forward until you've done something that you need to do Mm -hmm. and the nice thing about that is is it also tallies your estimated cost as you go (laughs) so you can be like oh man this thing's getting way too expensive what can we get what can we cut out of here what can we add in and we've got a little picture of every option um and then at the end it's like hooray you did it you know once you submit it it sends you a welcome email and then it kind of Mm. explains the process from there and and that usually generates a conversation conversation because the customer will reply to that email and be like, yeah, tell, you know, we would love to come in or we would love to look for financing or, right. or it's things like well, that. Well, they made their thing, you know, they put their Christmas tree in it. They're like, this <laughs> exactly. is what I want. Right. You know, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. And, it, cool. and it does help, you know, what I know uh, the sales tactic I hate the most is going to a website being like, I just want to know the price of this mm-hmm. thing and just tell me the price so I can tell if I can care about it, right? Yeah. I don't right. want to care about it until right. I know yeah. whether it's in my price range. Right. And so what we really 
wanted to do with that was allow people to just give them all the information up front so that they can see, so that they don't, like, we don't want them to come in and be all excited and then they're like, oh, the sticker shock. I'm mm-hmm. so disappointed. Yeah. I thought I could afford this. Yeah. You know, I hate disappointing people mm-hmm. so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we try to give them all that information and then... They have that, and then they can choose to contact us and choose to move further armed with all the information that they should have. Perfect. So I'm curious. Um, I get that Brian is, is like the builder and the creative guy and has the, jack, the, the skills to do these trailers, but you, Janice, sound like you might be the brains behind the operation. <laughs> so no offense, Brian. No, no, but I want to dig into this a little bit. So how did you come about starting a nonprofit organization and what were you doing before that six years ago? Yeah, so, um, so I actually, so I have a computer engineering undergrad and I have an MBA. And I actually ended up um, leaving tech because of what I call a fun combination of imposter syndrome, sexual harassment, and discrimination. Oh, boy. Uh Mm Uh-huh. I know about that. So good. Yes. The last two I understood, but I don't know what the imposter syndrome is. So Mm. basically, it's the feeling that no matter how good you actually are, no matter how many accolades you get, um, that you're an imposter and you've just fooled everybody. Oh, I totally get that. So, yeah. You'll get it when you get better. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so it, it hits a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it actually hits 70% of people at some point in their lives, but it, it particularly hits people who are in a field that is um, dominated by the other gender. So like male nurses or women in technology. Huh. So computer engineering, 8% women. So anything with hardware uh, has very few women. So anyway, so I, I left left tech, got my MBA, worked at the worst company ever, which is where I met Brian, that company, which is why... That's not why it was bad, though, right? There was... (laughs) Sometimes she wonders. (laughs) The sexual harassment turned into a long-term relationship. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Uh, So, anyway. uh, uh, Yeah, so I was... That's one of the reasons I was super Mm. excited to do this, because I could not stand that he worked to that company because yeah. he was treated poorly, mm. I was treated poorly. Mm-hmm. It was just not a place that humans should work. And this is a six <laughs> billion right. dollar company, yeah. so right. they yeah. should they should be getting better. Yeah, I hope. Funny. Um, anyway, so I um, after I left there, I ended up working for myself because I swore that no one should ever have that much power over your life to make you that miserable. Amen, sister. And yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, I actually ended up volunteering at a. Um, a um, an event to get minority youth into tech, and um, I thought that was so amazing. And so I had so many ideas around it, and I was so excited. And so I ended up starting Chick Tech. And I realized later that the reason that I was so excited about it was because I had felt so powerless mm-hmm. in the past, mm-hmm. and. Um, I realized that this was a way that I could take my own power back while giving so many other people across the country their power as well. So now we're in 27 cities, which is exciting. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so impressive. But, uh, That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. What, I, what I always joke about when people, when I talk to people about starting a, a nonprofit or starting a business is... Um, I'm like, you just can't think too much about it, right? And that's what I did is I just got so excited. I just leapt in. And if you think too much about it, you'll realize how terrifying it is. And then you won't you do, won't it. do right. it. So yeah. just do it yeah. and just deal with the, the things later. that come. Yeah. 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 And there's always going to be barriers. Yeah. And you just have to um, 
get over those. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, if you look at those barriers and you stack them all up in front of you, you know, rather than jumping each one as you go along, um, yeah, you're just you're going to be paralyzed yeah. in fear. So yeah. just just do it. Just do just it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Inspired. So anyway, so that's the long story about that. Well, awesome. <laughs> the, okay, this this show is so interesting. Mark's losing time. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so wow, that's fantastic! I figured that there was something behind that your face that was more than just your face. So <laughs> I'm also in high tech too, so probably work for one of the suppliers for who you used to work for. But yeah, so I I find a lot that I can relate a lot to that story about um, sort of being very 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 excited about everything else, but what you're doing for your job, you know? Yeah. 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 Wow! They, yeah. That was homage. Okay. That was homage to that profound that, that was, statement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One moment of silence for the profundity of Michelle's comment. So, okay. So, what's next for the? For, so, I, was, I presume since you have an MBA that there's a strategic plan laid out, and you guys know what's going to happen in the next five years, and you're looking at the market and all that. What's going to happen in the future I mean, for we, your traders? Company? We tried that, but then reality set in. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of this yeah. thing. It's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. So. On on the horizon for us is um, actually uh, one of the things that we really want to do is um, come up with a, an even smaller trailer. Oh, uh, we we get a lot of inquiries from motorcyclists. You know, they want to have a trailer uh, they can tow and be able to sleep in and so, car, but a yeah. big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's in the future for us. Um, wow. The other thing. Well, yeah, so what's funny is Brian says that, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was what getting to that. Yes. <laughs> what we're actually going to do is build canned hams. Build so, what? Canned hams. So the, you know, the 50s Yeah, trailer? the Shastas. Never yeah, like Shasta. The shape of a ham, canned ham. Yeah, yes. oh, okay. yeah because oh, we get yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, I was nice. going to say, what are you doing yeah. on this show if you don't know? <laughs> we need to get somebody on the show that talks about canned hams. <laughs> yeah. so, Sponsored by Hormel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Nostalgia has really had the nostalgia, you know, shall we say, sociological push towards nostalgia. Well, the baby boomers are have now um, inspired Shasta actually is taken out and shook off their, you know, their old vintage plans, and they're now um, building an updated version. I'm not a fan of them, but nonetheless, <laughs> so there's a lot of opportunity in there in that uh, yeah. in that market. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, we get a lot of people who have um, like hip problems or oh, knee yeah. problems, and they're like, we mm. just want something we can stand in, and so this is a way to um, give them that, and then also being able to, you know, when we're looking at camping in the winter in Oregon or in most places with winters, you want to have something that you can be inside and cook and such exactly. as well. And so there's a lot of people, you know, we love the teardrops. And also there's a market for people who want that same high quality uh, feel that we have in the teardrops, but in um, in a just a slightly larger version where they can stand and How have a little it that kitchen. We haven't met before. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to go both directions? Super tiny for motorcycles and the Can Ham direction? Yeah, that's where we would like like to go for Thanks. sure. Yeah, over five years. Yeah, okay. right, right. It's not going to happen overnight. Of course, but. Well, <laughs> yeah. let's be optimistic. If you just invested all that time and money into the shop and the equipment and everything, so right. I see mm-hmm. overall a, a glint of optimism for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and one other thing that I really wanted to do is is have some outlet for um, young people to learn some woodworking skills and stuff too. So we, I. I 
had been wanting to move our wood shop kind of into a space where people can come in and use the tools and learn some skills to work with their hands. There's places like Anvil Academy out in Newburgh and then the maker spaces and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially girls. Yeah. I, of yeah. course. For yes, me, of course. I, there's um, uh, girls really just don't get the opportunities that often boys are offered in yeah. terms of, of, being able to work with their hands and yeah. learning those tools as if it's not too dangerous for boys and why is it why would it be too dangerous for right. girls right even the tiny house industry um, the the customers are predominantly female and the builders are predominantly males so um, there are very very few female builders mm-hmm. um, of tiny homes and uh, even more so when you go to the workshops or you take you know any of the the online courses there's not very many females even in the tiny house industry which is predominantly female. So it's, um, yeah, we have a lot of, we, I think there's a lot of opportunity for um, companies like yourself to really kind of um, acknowledge that the trades are, you know, pretty important mm-hmm. and continue to spread that message that girl power. Girl hashtag, power. Hashtag girl power. <laughs> and with that, we will, uh, I think we're going to end the show. Is that right, Mark? We're there. Yeah, it looks like it. So uh, thank you both for being on uh, our show. I'm just, while we've been talking, I've been playing with the uh, trailer builder, and I'm having a good time over here. I'm way over my budget. But That's great. Yeah, like, well, we, like, we like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep going, Perry. Yeah. And then you click, I'm done. Exactly. Yay. Exactly. Here's where you can write the, send the check to. So Janice and Brian from Arrow Teardrops Trailers, right? Arrowteardrops.com. Yeah, sure. Yep. Out of Tiger. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. That works for me. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the show. And yeah, uh, Tiny House listeners, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Tiny House Podcast. We are excited that you're listening to what we're putting out because we think it's pretty hot and maybe you do too. And we're now on iHeartRadio. Thank you, Mark. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Mark. Mark has been doing a lot of great work. We're on Google Play and iHeartRadio and so Facebook. We're kind of getting Spotify, SoundCloud, and the interwebs. And thanks, Rick McNerney, for making us sound as beautiful as we are on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Faces for radio. Faces for radio. Boy, that's true today for me. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week. Bye. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if you remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. <laughs>